Good morning, CSL. It wasn't bad. Bet you can beat it next time. Good morning, CSL. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. Are you all ready to sing this song? You know how we do things here on Sundays. Ready? Let's stand on up and do it. Today we are focusing on the core value of spiritual growth. And here at CSL, we are very committed to your spiritual growth. So what happens when we set an intention to grow in a certain area of our life? Maybe I desire to be more compassionate to strangers. Sounds like a worthwhile, noble goal, doesn't it? Easy peasy, right? Well, not so much. When I let the universe know that that's what I'm working toward, inevitably I'm faced with strangers that just simply irritate me. (laughs) And if this happens, I'm on the right track, believe it or not. Those Those thoughts that come are my unconscious mental beliefs and emotions about compassion and strangers bubbling up to my conscious mind so they can be released and healed. So if you experience something like that, that process is normal. You are on the right track. Know that the universe is working on your behalf, constantly drawing you higher and higher so your best self can truly shine. Pray with me as I speak these words for all of us. I know this is a sacred, holy time. I am surrounded by a field of unlimited potential. It is wise, it is loving, it is creative, 
it is God. And I know that I am forever one with it, filled to the brim. All of that divine potential lives and breathes in me. This day I embrace my creativity. I listen with eagerness to spirit within to see what new ideas are revealed, what new things I am uniquely called to do and to be. I release any experiences or beliefs that keep me from growing. I say yes to the universe and all the support it gives me. I am confident that spirit is always for me and that my success is assured. With much gratitude for all the experiences of growth that have come my way and are in the future, I say bring them on. And all the people said, and so it is. Stand on up for love It's full dimensional love 
our shelter Now and always love For and after love Love, love Surrounded by a presence Surrounded by a friend source of all creation allows me to begin the source of all creation allows me to begin again Alle, alleluia Alle, alleluia Alle, alleluia Alle, alleluia Alle, alleluia Alle, alleluia Surrounded by a presence Surrounded by a friend The source of to forgive the source of all creation allows me to forgive again alle alleluia alle alleluia alle alleluia alle alleluia alle alleluia alle alleluia surrounded by a presence surrounded by a friend the source of all creation allows my heart to sing Allows my heart to sing again. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. One heart, one world, one joy. That's what it is. One night. One world, one joy, that's what it is. Lisa Almond Baldwin. I'd like to welcome you to the Center for Spiritual Living. 
uh, in the first service, Reverend Mike pointed out that um, with it being summertime and holiday weekend and everything, there's lots of things going on and people are traveling, but that he really appreciated how many people are still make this, that there's their priority where they want to come today. So thank you for showing up. Yes. Give yourself a hand. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you. We want you to know that you're welcome here regardless of your race, your sexual orientation, your gender, your age, your financial situation, your height, your weight, your hair color, what you're wearing. We don't care about any of that stuff. We don't care about any of that. If you walked in the door, you are our tribe already. So how we start our service is we stand, we say our intention statement, and then we love each other up. Who are we? We are a diverse and inclusive spiritual community expressing God as love. Je t'aime, te amo, ya te vía lulu.
We know the sting of pain From Leningrad to Lexington The farmers love his land And daddies all get misty eyes To give their daughters hand Oh, maybe when we realize How much there is to share We'll find too much in common To pretend it isn't there Love in any language Straight from the heart Pulls us all together Never apart And once we learn to speak So I thought I would start out with a little bit of a research uh, finding that, um, that I discovered this morning on Facebook. Um, and you know it's got to be true. <clears throat> but it says, women who carry a little extra weight live longer than the men who mention it. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave that alone. So um, I have gotten so much into women's soccer in the last couple of weeks. Um, the problem is they didn't ask me about their scheduling because the World Cup is happening right now. You know, so uh, thank you for skipping that. Uh, my VCR or whatever it's called these days, our uh, DVR is recording it. So um, this afternoon I'm going to try not to find out what the outcome is before I go home. So if you find out, don't let me know. I want to be surprised. 
So we talk a lot about creativity in this teaching, and I think for the most part, we think creativity as making something from nothing. Uh, you go back to the creation story in the Christian Bible. It says, in the beginning, there was nothing. There was a void. And God created from what appeared to be nothing. Well, living with a musician who composes and arranges for a living, um, it looks like music or something uh, just comes from nothing. You know? um, but in reality, the notes and the music are already there. They're somewhere out there in the invisible. They're just waiting for someone uh, who is an opening for the download uh, to put it on paper, or in this case, to put it into a computer application that prints it on paper. <clears throat> it's the same for all of the artists in this community, like the visual artists that, that we have so many of in this community. The beauty that they create uh, is already there. It's just out there in the invisible somewhere waiting for them to be the openings for that download, to put it on paper or canvas or whatever medium they create with. So we think of creativity, I think, in a lot of instances as creating something from nothing. But creativity also happens when life suddenly asks us to make all kinds of changes. So we experience changes in jobs and relationships. They change or they come to an end for many different reasons. Uh, we are asked to make changes in our plans, in our expectations, uh, things that didn't turn out the way we had planned or didn't turn out the way we had hoped. Those are all opportunities to create something new. They're just not a lot of fun. You know, it's easier, it's more fun to think about just creating something out of nothing without having to, um, you know, change and adjust because we just don't like the change that comes along with the, the, the times in our life where things just don't turn out the way we thought they were going to. Letting go of the old in order for something new feels like we've lost control. And it feels like there is no predictability in our life. So I finally broke down uh, this week and went to see the Avengers Endgame movie. I know probably all of you saw it a month ago when it came out. Um, I was just late to the game. But anyway, I went to see it. And there was, near the end of the movie, there was this dialogue about, uh, that spoke about letting go of the old. For the sake of something new. So I had Jen make a slide out of a couple of these things because they were just so profound, I thought. So the one thing that they said in the movie, if Kathy, if you're ready with that slide, it says, if we only see the way it was and the way it's been, we can't see what it could become. If we don't see the way it was and the way it's been, if that's all we can see, then we can't see what it could become. And that's why I'm saying this morning that it takes courage to recreate because it goes against the grain of our human nature because recreation requires us to let go of what has been in the past for the possibility of something new in the future. I'm going to say that again because I think there's a slide for it, I hope. 
Recreation, there it is, recreation requires us to let go of what has been in the past for the possibility of something new in the future. And we do that in ways that we don't even think about a lot of times. So at the first of the year, Mark and I decided that we wanted a completely new front yard. Uh, We hadn't done anything probably for 10, maybe 15 years. And we just wanted a new look. Probably more important is that we didn't want to do the work to get the new look, (laughs) which meant we were going to write checks. (laughs) So we got a professional landscaper to come out, and uh, we didn't give him a whole lot of help. Uh, We said, you know, we don't really have a lot of ideas about what we want. We just want something new. And we'll let you do the creative work. Uh, and come up with what new is going to look like. So a number of weeks later, he showed back up with a sketch, a big drawing, and we liked what we saw on paper. Um, It could be done for the amount of money we said that we had in mind. So we said, let's go ahead and do it. Well, I got to tell you, I was all in with excitement. I was all in being good with letting someone else control the recreation process until (laughs) a couple of weeks later he showed up with three other guys and they started ripping everything out now we knew it was going to happen I mean you know we saw the drawing we knew different things were going to be taken out so um, bushes that had been in the yard for probably 40 years uh, were suddenly pulled up and gone Uh, Flower beds that had been there for 15 years were gone. Uh, All the grass that had been the front yard was gone. Now we had a front yard that's probably 60 by 60, nothing but dirt. And I didn't say this out loud to anybody until now. (laughs) But I stood at at the end of that second day when all I saw was dirt. I stood on the curb out by the street looking at nothing but dirt, and I started to panic. I know I said I wanted something new. I know I said I wanted a new look. I even said I'm happy with someone else being in charge of that. I had not planned on how much, how it would look when all of the old got ripped out in order to get the something better that I said I wanted. So I stood on the curb in front of our house, and I had this little conversation in my head because I didn't want the neighbors seeing me talking to myself. (laughs) So it went something like this. I know what's going on here. I have lost control of the process. And what if I don't like the new look that I thought I wanted? What if I don't like the outcome? I suddenly saw one of the patterns of my life in all of this. And I'm sure that it is not true for any of you. It's just true for me. But I say I'm all in with being flexible. I'm all in open to change, spiritual growth and expansion. You know, all the pretty words. Secretly, there's a part of me saying... But can you tell me first how uncomfortable this is going to be? And while you're at it, can you tell me how long it's going to take? (laughs) 
<clears throat> so now the yard's finished. It's more beautiful than I had ever pictured in my head, and all of the chaos and the destruction that was there for a while is, um, you know, it's worth it now. Even after losing control of the recreation process. So here is the inconvenient and probably the uncomfortable truth. <clears throat> Creation of something new is often preceded by the destruction of the old. Creation of something new is often preceded by the destruction of old ideas, old beliefs, old ways of doing things that just don't work anymore. So Hinduism has an intriguing idea about destruction preceding creation that I want to share with you. <clears throat> so just like Christianity, uh, Hinduism has a trinity. Instead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they have Brahma, Vishnu, Vishnu and Shiva. And they're all different aspects of the character of God. Brahma is the creator, Vishnu is the protector, Shiva is the destroyer. But the term destruction in Hinduism can be deceiving. Some religions portray a God that just wipes out people and things to punish and show disapproval. I'm just waiting for somebody to say the earthquakes in Southern California this week is God's judgment for something. But in, in Hinduism, Shiva's destruction comes to make room for positive recreation, to make room for something new. It's not punishment. It's not judgment. It's not an angry God. I think many of us were raised with the idea that bad things do not happen to good people. Good people follow the rules and good things happen not bad. <clears throat> and if something happens, something bad happens, um, you must have done something wrong or you just didn't have enough faith. <clears throat> now, in New Thought, we've kind of developed our own language uh, to say that we must have done something wrong. You know, I got sick. I lost my job. I ran out of money. My marriage failed. My life looks like and feels like it's a mess, like it's falling apart right now. Our language is, well, what was in your consciousness that attracted that into your life? I have never heard that as a positive, supportive question to ask somebody that or to ask yourself that. <clears throat> so in Hinduism, creation of something new is preceded by what looks like and what feels like things falling apart or unraveling. It feels like destruction. But it's not punishment for bad decisions, and it's not punishment for lack of faith. It's happening to create something new. Culturally, this is happening right now. New ways of being in the world are trying to emerge and for many people, it feels like things are just falling apart. But it's not the first time for humanity or a culture to go through that. <clears throat> if you look back 100 years to 1918, okay, 101 years to 1918, 
see if any of this sounds familiar. In 1918, we were at war and debating whether we should even be involved in a war on another continent. Sounds kind of familiar. As a result of that war, we had a common enemy. In that case, it was communism. We have other common enemies right now. <clears throat> there was an influx. In, in 1918, there was an influx of immigrants from Europe, 800,000 a year. And there was a push in Congress to limit immigration or to keep immigrants out altogether. There were protests from religious fundamentalists wanting to eliminate teaching evolution and the origins of the universe. Can you guess why? Because it would lead to a moral cultural breakdown. Maybe we've moved past that, but how many other things do we say, oh, if we do that, there's going to be a moral breakdown. I think the more things change, the more they stay the same. Cultural shifts take place when what no longer works falls apart. And what no longer works will fight the change until its last dying breath. That's why we always encourage people to stand up and speak up and vote for your values and your principles so that the things that need to fall apart do fall apart, so that something new can be created. You know, it's kind of like bringing a new life into the world, bringing a baby in. It's messy and painful, uh, it's not pretty, and it's not convenient, and as a man, I probably can't say any more about it than that. <laughs> but it does remind me of something my mom said I mean, she came up with these gems. She was, she was quiet, but man, when she came up with them, <clears throat> she said, if it were up to men to have babies, no family would have more than one child. <clears throat> so what about your personal life? We've talked, you know, globally and culturally. What about your personal life? Is there anyone here who has never had anything happen that looked or felt like things were falling apart? and unraveling like you had just lost control. I can't imagine that anyone in the room could say, that's never happened to me. <clears throat> so we're talking this month about choice in addition to creativity and freedom. So when life happens while we're busy making other plans and we feel like things are just unraveling around us, we have choice. It may not feel like it, but we have choice in those moments. <clears throat> we could either choose to believe that something is wrong or we did something wrong, or we can choose to believe this is an opportunity for something greater in the middle of what looks like a mess. <clears throat> now, history is full of people as examples who fortunately made that second choice that there is an opportunity for something greater in the middle of what looks like a mess. We just saw them as somehow more accomplished and more brilliant or smarter or just more enlightened than us, not really knowing the challenges and the setbacks and the failures that they went through 
that propelled them into something greater. <clears throat> so Thomas Edison failed more than a thousand times trying to create the light bulb. When he was interviewed and asked how he felt about failing so many times, he said, I haven't failed a thousand times. I successfully discovered a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln was born into poverty, lost eight elections, had two businesses fail, and he suffered a nervous breakdown. <clears throat> J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter books, she was rejected by 12 different publishers before number 13 came along and said they would publish her book. But even number 13, who said, we will publish your book, you know what they told her? Don't give up your day job because you will never make money writing children's books. <clears throat> now that kind of worked out in her favor. <clears throat> Steve Jobs, the Apple guy, he was given up for adoption at birth because his mother had wanted a daughter. Now, that would be a devastating break for most people, I think. He said at some point that he was thankful because his adoptive parents just happened to live in Palo Alto, California, which eventually became Silicon Valley and the center of the high-tech world. So all of that put him in position to be the Apple guy. <clears throat> Dr. King, I think, experienced setbacks and mistreatment that most of us can't imagine. But then you look at what he said, you know, the speeches he gave, the things he wrote about what he believed was possible. All I can say is he must have been living on higher ground and a more elevated perspective than what life was giving him. Now, I think you could sit there and say, well, I'm not Dr. King, I'm not Steve Jobs, I'm not J.K. Rowling, and you would be right. You're not them, you're you. <clears throat> but the same power in those people that elevated their perspective in the middle of things falling apart is the same power that's in you. And it's trying to show all of us that when things feel like they're falling apart, it's not judgment. It's an opportunity to recreate and an opportunity to reinvent life. <clears throat> the Sufi mystic Rumi wrote a poem called The Guest House to tell us the same message, that things are an opportunity to recreate and reinvent life. <clears throat> he said this being human is a guest house. Every morning there is a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. <clears throat> Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still treat each guest honorably. It may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been 
presented as a guide from beyond. <clears throat> when I read that again yesterday, I thought, you know what I noticed about those words is that there was nothing to suggest that you should question your faith or ask what was in your consciousness that caused that. Whatever is showing up has been sent as a guide <clears throat> to lead us into the next best version of our life. So I'm going to leave you with a quote from the Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Kathy, if you'd bring that slide up, please. <clears throat> if we only see the way life was and the way life has been, we can't see what life could become. Let's say that together. If we only see... So here's the good news, I think, <clears throat> that you don't have to do that work alone. This community is full of ministers, prayer practitioners, therapists of all kinds, and just people who will love you through it. You do not have to do it alone. There is support here. Thank you for creating that kind of community, and so ends the lesson. <clears throat> Thank you. So let's say our closing affirmation together, and then we will have our spiritual practice. Let's say this together. There is a power for good in the universe. I am using it to create the story of my life. So let's go inside. Close your eyes if it's comfortable. And there's really nothing magic in asking someone to close their eyes. What we really do it for is to shut out the appearances of what's going on around us. So we go inside and recognize that there is a power and a presence all around us that is unconditional love. That is the power that elevates us above appearances and circumstances shows us the potential that lives and breathes in and as each and every one of us. That there are no favorites. Each and every one of us has that presence in us from the time we showed up on the planet. So we just do the work to uncover that potential. Anything that is a roadblock or is keeping us from breaking through to that best part of ourself is why we're here to spiritually grow and heal and become the people that we came here to be so what I know is true for myself and each and every one of us who hears this is that God is the source of our life God is the source of every resource the source of our health and our wealth our abundance and prosperity there's only one source and countless infinite number of channels for it to flow through, including us. So we give thanks for being a channel for the good of God flowing out through us into the world around us 
to not only change and transform ourselves, but change and transform the world around us. We're here to make a difference. And so we begin within ourselves to become the people that we know we're here to be so that we can inspire and heal others to be what they came here to be. So let's just have a few moments of quiet. I said this earlier at nine o'clock that we make meditation so complicated. We think we have to have a certain outcome from our meditation. We think we should never think a thought while we meditate, that our minds should just be blank and empty. Our minds are just not designed that way. Your mind will think as soon as you start getting quiet. Meditation is not to control thoughts. They're to keep, meditation is to keep your thoughts from controlling you. Because we make a meaning out of everything. We try to figure it all out mentally. So let's detach from judgment and evaluation for a few minutes. Just give ourselves a time to exhale and be quiet. And as thoughts come up, we just let them float through without any attachment or judgment about them. So let's do that for a couple of minutes. Just sit in the quiet and let go. So I invite you to just take a breath and let it go. It's a practice we need every day to spend time where we just suspend judgment, where we spend evaluating everything, to give ourselves that time to just exhale and trust our life into a power and a presence and a life that's greater than our own. Thank you for being a community that does that together and supports those around you. Thank you.
In the stillness of this moment, there is peace, there is peace, and I rest and trust and breathe and know that in the stillness of this moment, there is peace, there is love, there is joy, there is God. One of the most important things that we do here at CSL is prayer. And we have several ways to support you in that. We have prayer practitioners who are experienced, open, willing, and ready to help you with any prayer needs you may have. Whether you have a challenge or you have a joy to celebrate, they'll be here for you. They'll be wearing the white stoles and standing along the walls at the end of the service. We also have prayer cards, which are in the backs of the rows of the seats on the aisle. You can put them in the offering baskets that come around, or we have a prayer box in the back. And we also have a 24-hour prayer line. It's a different prayer every day, and you can call it any time if you need something just to get you over into the next part of your day. And we thank you in advance for all the ways that you support this community with your talent, your time, and your treasure. Um, we need to get this message of inclusion and diversity and love and compassion out to as many people as possible. We do that with the people that come in here uh, through our doors. We do it through people who watch us on social media, but we also go out in the community and do other things. So all the ways that you give are very much appreciated to help us in those efforts. Again, you can do that in the offering baskets that come around. We have an electronic giving site in the back, and if you prefer to do it through your financial institution, you can set that up through the office. But whatever way that you support us, we are very grateful. Thank you very much, and namaste. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I am so grateful for all that I have. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I am so grateful. I am so blessed. I am so blessed, I am so blessed, I am so grateful for all that I have. I am so blessed, I am so blessed, I am so grateful, I am so blessed, I am so blessed, I am so blessed, I am so grateful. For all that I have, I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I am so grateful. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I am so grateful for all that I have. I am so blessed. I am so blessed, I am so grateful, I am so blessed.
If you were here for the very first time this morning, we want to thank you for spending uh, your Sunday morning with us. We always appreciate seeing new faces. I would love to meet you at the door, uh, have you learn your name. I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, learn your name and how you found out about us. We're always interested in knowing that. Um, last week, we uh, started announcing the dinners for eight that are coming up July 25th, 26th, and 27th. Uh, we started out with six people hosting those dinners. Uh, two of them filled up already last week. Uh, there are four more left for you to sign up for. Um, so there will be a sign, or there is a sign-up table in the back in the lobby uh, where you can see the host, the time, the, the, the date that they're going to host, and their menu is also on the sheet. So um, you can pay your $30 back there. You can do it on the uh, website, or not on the website, on the giving kiosk. Those things are so much fun if you've never been to one before. Basically, the hosts, you know, open their homes, they cook the meal, they serve it to you, you just show up and uh, sit with people that you may not even know, but it's, um, it's a lot of fun. It's also a great way to go into somebody's house and just go through their stuff. <laughs> well, I've never had that happen, so I just, I just made that up. So we like to stay connected with you during the week. We don't see this as just a Sunday morning experience. Natasha Ria Alskari does an amazing job on our social media. Um, so she does something every day, maybe more than once a day, uh, to let you know what's happening, uh, what's, what's coming up, you know, how you can be involved. It's interactive, it's informative. Um, so it's just a way to stay connected through the week. Those are, um, actually Facebook is not at CSL Kansas City. It's a Center for Spiritual Living Kansas City on Facebook. So if you like and follow that, then you will, you know, uh, be more likely to see what's happening and stay connected in that way. Thank you so much for being here, for spending your Sunday morning with us in the middle of the summer. And when you could have been traveling and doing something else, it means so much to see all of you here. So let's sing for our kids to come in, and then we will stand and have our closing prayer. We welcome you, Karibu. We welcome you, Amen. So let's stand together, have our closing prayer now that we're all together. If it's comfortable, uh, hold hands with one another and make that connection as we get ready to leave. So here's what we know and remember about yourself and everyone around you and in this room. Everyone that you meet is already the living, breathing presence of God. We are all God with skin, and we are here to show that in the world. 
We're grateful for that responsibility, for the gift of life that flows through each and every one of us, the unique talents and gifts that we all possess to make a difference to someone in the world. For all of that, we're grateful. We accept that responsibility. With gratitude, we end by saying, and so it is. So let's say our closing affirmation, the thing that we believe about ourselves. Say this as often as you need to. How, who are you? Did you appreciate that, Joe? I don't know. <laughs>